Hello there, welcome to episode 19 of Nevermind the Bullens. My name is Mike Peters, this is your weekly Everton podcast and vodcast. A little international break uh, edition for you, uh, and derby preview edition, all rolled into one. Lots and lots of things to discuss, so let's crack on. Uh, Firstly, transfer window, I'm going to try and do this in chronological order, as that happened well, most far ago. It seems an awfully long time ago. A lot's happened in the last uh, week or so, particularly in the, in the Northwest. Uh, ben Godfrey, excellent signing. Well, we kind of knew that was going to happen uh, anyway. Uh, and that was uh, confirmed. You know, really good competition for places. And it seems to have upped Jerry Mina's performance levels as well, which is which is great to see. Um Robin Olsen, uh, some, hopefully some proper competition for Jordan Pickford, which will hopefully up his performance levels, although he obviously has been a bit better uh, for England uh, over the course of the international break. And uh, also, my only quibble about this, because otherwise we've had an absolutely fantastic transfer window, and I don't want to complain about it, and I'm not going to. My only note of caution is our lack of bringing in another striker, having let Moyes Keane go on loan uh, to Paris Saint-Germain for the season and I have to say I'm not I hold hold out very little hope for him returning uh, after that loan spell. It seems to me and his rhetoric is very much about right I'm doing this to kind of resurrect my career and then I'm off Um, so we need somebody in now I like Josh King. I've always thought he's been a good player. He's been excellent for Bournemouth. He is available. I think he would add another body into the squad that we could do with pace. You know, forward tall. He's athletic. Uh, he's powerful. Scores goals. Um, I certainly think he's somebody that we could look at. And obviously the uh, transfer window for uh, signing players out of the championship and the lower leagues is not uh, is not closed as yet. Uh, we've got another few days on that one. He's certainly somebody, and not just because he's available, but I think he would genuinely be a good addition uh, to the squad, proven a Premier League level. And obviously there are other players out there who are on free transfers. Now, I know you're going to laugh when I say this. Danny Welbeck is available. I've always thought Danny Welbeck's a good footballer. I don't think his ability has ever been in question. It's always been his fitness. Now, Watford have released him, but this is a guy, another one who is proven. I'm not suggesting that we go out and sign him permanently, but in terms of having no other bodies that can replace Dominic Calvert-Lewin, other than Ellis Sims, and it's a lot to put on him, you know, a lad that's never played a, a Premier League game. Would Danny Welbeck for the next three months, you know, you know, we're mid-October now, the transfer window opens again in January until we can get somebody else in. Would having him for the next three months on a pay-as-you-play deal, you know, we're not going to pay him the underground that Watford paid him a week. Obviously, we're not that daft. But to, surely he would want to do that just for his own to keep fit and, you know, to have a ch- another chance at a top Premier League club. Is it worth looking at? I don't know. Uh, Daniel Sturridge again is available, proven goal scorer, but again, serious fitness problems. And given... I don't think he would fit into the team in the same way that Danny Welbeck, or into the squads, I should say, as Danny Welbeck would. He's not really a kind of a target man, a hold-it-up kind of player. Um, I, I would err on the side of even further caution about getting involved with that. But certainly, I think we need to get somebody else in if we can, uh, because we're a bit stuck without Dominic Calvaloon. And the last thing we want to do, having got into this fantastic position and this great momentum, is to lose that on the off chance. And hopefully it won't come to that uh, on the off chance of him him getting injured over the course of the next few months and us being left, you know, rudderless in terms of... um, having somebody that's going to play in there. I mean, you know, the probably the, the Carl I was thinking is, is that he wants to move Richarlison, can play in that central position, and then Bernard or Anthony Gordon can come in and play uh, off the left or what have you. Uh, but I just really would like another recognised striker, you know, an experienced player in there. But 
We shall see. Uh, speaking of Carlo and uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, uh, fantastic news for them to be player and manager of the month. I mean, you can't really argue that they don't deserve it. Um, I'm just hopeful that we don't suffer that the, the curse that comes with getting those uh, awards that they suddenly run out of form and we start losing games left, right and centre, particularly with um, Liverpool on the horizon this weekend. But I'm pretty confident that uh, won't happen. Uh, moving on to a couple of you know bigger things before we get to the derby, bigger footballing things. This whole pay-per-view um, sort of debacle. Um, I mean, the Premier League, you've got to, I mean, you've got to give them some credit here for having to score, scored two massive PR own goals in the space of less than a week. That's absolutely spectacular. Although the, the one is not to do with them, I will concede that. Um, but it's to do with the clubs in the Premier League. So, you know, it's all for one, one for all kind of thing. But this idea of charging 15 quid to charge at the, at the moment when people are so many people are out of work they cannot go to matches their routine their lives have been disrupted beyond measure to have taken away something that has actually given us some semblance of pleasure at the moment being able to watch the football and we have got used to watching games with no fans we don't like it of course we'd much rather be back at Goodison and whichever team you support you know if you're not an Evertonian listening to this um, you're weird you say this but anyway I'm quite glad for you listening and watching anyway but Surely now charging them to, to watch, and it's not going to be the Liverpools, the Everton's, the Manchester United's, the Arsenal's, Tottenham's, etc., or Man City's that are going to be affected by this. It is Newcastle, uh, Burnley, uh, Brighton, those clubs who are not on television as often, um, well, you know, less glamorous in inverted commas, because. And it's going to be those fans that are being penalised. I think it's absolutely wrong. Particularly, you know, I say this is a season ticket holder who's already spent my money. And all right, Everton have been very proactive and other clubs have been even more proactive in not taking money off the fans at all. Everton have, that's fair enough. But they've said that they'll pro-rata that money back to us. So why can there not be for fans that have already put money in saying, right, well, actually, we'll do it this, you know, yeah, you can watch all the games no matter whether they're pay-per-view, what, no matter what they are, um, uh, at, for nothing because you've already paid your money and we'll pro-rata that off your, off your season ticket or something As you, but also 15 quid um, is a ridiculous amount of money to charge you know I'm sorry it, if it was five, 5 quid there would be less of a backlash about this but 15 pounds is extremely expensive for me to watch a game on telly people say well you pay more to go to the game yeah but you're going to the game you're experiencing the whole thing At the, under this scheme you'd be experiencing your living room which you'd experience every day of the week so why would you want to pay more to sit and watch football in your living room which we're having to do some of us not by choice but because it's the only way we can see our teams play why would you have to pay more for the privilege of that when I'm already paying for Sky and Amazon Prime as well I'm not paying for BT but obviously others in my family do and obviously lots of other people do then we move on to Project Big Picture now this, on the face of it, it's like, well, hang on, it's doing trying to do something good for for the um, for the football league who desperately need support, um, and you know you're thinking, well, on the face of it, sounds great, they're going to get money and all the rest of it, but to me, anything that Rick Parry says is a good idea should immediately have us running the other way. Just look at that man's track record. I'm sorry, but it is a power grab, and I and I really resent as an Everton fan the idea that the big six are going to and we're going to be given special voting rights because we've been in, you know, for the entirety of the Premier League. We've been in there longer than Man City have, but because obviously they're a powerhouse of football, having won championships and all the rest of it, they have now outranked us. Okay. I mean, I just don't see... I think football has got to look after itself. 
uh, currently, and we have to support the football league. I don't think the Premier League should necessarily, you know, shouldn't be going capping onto the Premier League every time. But under these unique circumstances, then the football family has got to help itself out. And I don't buy the argument as well. Well, we buy players from them. I mean, Everton just have obviously and have always bought players in from the lower leagues. But it can't just be that because you know that source of of players coming through is absolutely vital and the clubs are absolutely vital to their respective communities as well. So something has to be done. I'm just not sure that this is, and it just smacks of opportunism in a most spectacular way from uh, the Fenway Sports Group and, and the Glazers. Um, I mean, you know, it says everything that the Glazers have worked on this. Well, they know how to turn a profit, don't they? So it's no uh, no surprise that they're sort of the uh, the linchpins of this, of this project. So, you know, on the face of it, getting more money into the EFL, great idea. I just don't think this is the way to do it. And I just don't think it's going to fly with uh, the supporters or the um, footballing powers that be. And ultimately, it will it will die a death. But a version of this probably will come back at some point. Uh, finally, uh, on to matters actually on the pitch. The derby this weekend. Um, Michael Oliver, the referee, that was confirmed. So, you know, a referee that knows how to handle uh, games like that. And, you know, there aren't many better than him if anybody really better than him uh, in the Premier League that's able to handle the game Mike Dean's not able to do it obviously give it whatever your proclivities about Mike Dean and we certainly don't want Martin Atkinson doing it now do we so um, but it's I, I genuinely loathe derbies as a rule because I just our record in them is so awful but this time I'm going into that with confidence and the last time I did that we got stuffed 4-0 at Anfield so I'm hoping that my confidence isn't quite as badly misplaced as that but I genuinely think the way Everton are playing at the minute and Obviously, Liverpool haven't got whomped at Villa. You know they are—they're not—they're not quite firing all cylinders yet, and this is a, a great, great time to play them. Fingers crossed for Saturday. Uh, I will be back with a reaction straight after the game on Saturday with episode twenty. Until then, you can get in touch via at nmtvpod on Twitter and email nmtvpod at gmail.com. Until then, come on, you Blues. <laughs>